Hi everyone, this is Tim Martinez, MPEC Healthcare's uh, co-founder and CEO. I'm happy to share with you all that I'll be conducting a weekly interview style employee spotlight uh, so that we can all get to know each other a little bit better and hear directly from the amazing people that make up this organization. I'm excited to, to, to do these interviews and I hope uh, you enjoy them. This week we're spotlighting four-year veteran, Chicago area nurse practitioner, Colleen Monks. Let's get to know Colleen. Hey! How's it going? Going good. Um, um, well, I guess before I get into the questions, um, I do want to personally thank you, you know, directly for all the incredible work, not just for the last four years, but this global pandemic chaos. Um, want to start off with that. And then now I'll get into my heart charging questions. So, <laughs> if you can think back all the way back to over four years ago, um, what was it that kind of hooked you to come on board at MPAC? Um, it was actually um, Kristen, who I interviewed with. Okay. Um, you know, as a new grad, I was just kind of, I mean, I came from the ICU. So I came from fast paced, acute care, gore, you know, adrenaline. So <laughs> I, and I, and I, it had run its course, but I'm like, I have no idea what kind of NP I want. So I did a lot of interviews. I did a lot of in-person interviews and within like two minutes of meeting Kristen, I'm like, this is it. Like she was very much straightforward on, <laughs> she's basically, she's like, I don't care if you can NP, I can teach you how to NP. She's like, that's not what we're looking for in the company. She's like, we're looking for personality and people and basically who do we want to join our family? And I'm yeah. like, this is amazing. And the time I spent with her and talking with her, I'm like, if she is representing and pulling people in and basically people who are like her and who can get along with her, I'm like, this is where I want to be. Like, <laughs> and then of course, I spent time with Fran and that just <laughs> solidified. I, I got like six months with Fran for <laughs> like, not even like precepting, just working with her. Yeah. And I'm like, so that just further solidified that this is the people I want to be with. This, this is my crew. This is my family. I'm like, I'm on. Is there, is there an experience that sticks out in your head that's been pretty memorable or meaningful that's been either for you or, or the patient or the patient, their family, whatever the case may be? Um, you know, there's a lot we can do for the, the patients, but then when it comes, unfortunately we deal with a lot of death, it's just in the, the job. And then there's not that much more you can do with the, the patients. And I think, especially in the beginning, when we got so much training on having conversations regarding DNRs and advanced care planning. And now I do it with just every single patient who comes in and it's, it's gotten so familiar with me that the majority of the time, you know, they're in their eighties, have multiple chronic diseases and have never even thought about what they would want. So um, there's been a couple of families who have reached out and have been so thankful because the, nobody talks to them, yeah. you know, before MPAC came along, nobody, nobody would talk to families. Nobody would talk to patients. Nobody would tell um, patients the real condition of their diseases. The physicians go in and get, you know, two minutes and, oh, this is fine. This is fine. This is fine. Mm -hmm. Oh, do, do you want CPR? No. Okay. Um, so the feedback on that family 
and patients have given and just the gratefulness that they have had to be like, hey, thanks for letting us know that we have to start thinking about the end. And it's not a good conversation to have and right. I still haven't perfected it. Uh, but <laughs> definitely, I've definitely gotten better with it throughout the years. Um, and, and the little training that we have had and feedback we have had from the physicians who, who do this. Um, so that has probably been the biggest thing, just the, the family and patient feedback of yeah. thank you so much for, I don't know how many times I've heard that I don't feel like anybody has ever cared. So thank you for being a provider who cares. And I know impact providers get that because that's what, that's what we do. That's why we're different than, than so many other companies and physicians and private practices out there is that we make sure we emphasize to take the time to spend with our patients, to educate our patients and to, you know, deliver the hard news, but in a, in a comforting way. Yeah. And education, right. That's what it comes down to. And, um, really kind of those end of life decisions is really educating folks on, you know, here are your options and here's really what it means. And you're right. Oftentimes other groups don't take the time to, to educate and, you know, kind of walk a family through that. So, um, that's, that's awesome that, that, that you feel more comfortable doing it too, because they are difficult conversations. Yeah. And that's why even doing that after four years and, and coming from the ICU where you you wouldn't participate, but being the nurse, you would definitely hear yeah. other people have that. So it's almost like I have 10 years, um, gosh, probably <laughs> now, <laughs> um, love listening to these conversations and you still, uh, there's still moments where like, Oh, I should have, should have approached it this way, or I should have approached <laughs> it this way. But I think being in a company where, you know, emphasizes have these conversations with people, um, there's so many times when I've met other physicians, oh, just let palliative care, get palliative care on. No, you should be having that conversation before because by the time you get to palliative care, by the time you get to hospice, there's such a stigma around that. And hospice needs time to develop a relationship with, with family and, and the time needs to sink in to understand that we, we can't do anything more that the grieving process and you can't just expect somebody to do it all in you know, two days. Um, so you're, you're, you're dead on, which is why traditionally people spend right three days on hospice mm -hmm. versus three months or right. Hospice benefit is like six months. Right. But by having those conversations early and often and allowing families and patients to kind of take the time to process all that by the time it gets to the decision, hopefully it's a smooth transition into hospice and it's, it's, you know, it's never easy to lose somebody, but hopefully it's less traumatic than, you know, what it traditionally is, which is, oh crap, something really bad is happening. We haven't talked about this. What do we do? And then somebody's on hospice for three days, which is not what it's meant to be. Yeah. And it's been such a good, like educational experience with my buildings too. Um, especially buildings that haven't had an impact provider. Um, and this is really their first in-building provider that they have had. And, uh, you know, the majority of the, the stigma and the idea there is that unless they're actively dying, yeah. they, don't, they don't need a DNR. And here I come in, <laughs> this DNR queen, <laughs> and they're, they're just, I have to get over like, no, I'm not trying to just let all your patients die. Like, that's not my goal here. My goal is that when that time comes, we can transition them easily 
and you don't have families calling and saying, I had no idea. Why didn't anybody call me? Why didn't anybody, you know, give me the heads up and, you know, give patients the chance to make their own decision before, you know, they're too far in their dementia or their disease where they can't make that decision anymore. And um, seeing kind of like the, the light bulb go on and the staff and even the social workers, you know, who do this, um, they're so social workers are so stretched that, you know, they're praying for just a full code. So they don't have to have the conversation or take the time to do um, the paperwork. So having the whole team together and having the nurses understand and having the um, social workers understand and the managers understand that, you know, at least 75% of the patients in nursing homes should have a DNR in place. And um, even more of them are appropriate for it. So Yep. That has been that has been nice to educate the nurses and educate the social workers. And they have been getting more, um, especially the building that I was in for like two years. Like a lot of the times I would go in, they're like, oh yeah, the nurse kind of mentioned that to me, or the social worker kind of mentioned that to me. They said you'd be in it to tell me a little bit more about that. <laughs> <laughs> they queued you up. <laughs> I know. I'm like, good job, nurses, good job, social <laughs> workers. <laughs> especially to be in a building for so long and to see the the impact of like your first day there and then being there and the the changes that you can actually make is 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 amazing and rewarding that that's incredible right because this is this is a an industry and a space that's that doesn't doesn't change quickly right and so we knew it was going to be um, an uphill battle in a way to kind of do things the way we wanted to do them. But it's incredibly rewarding to hear that being consistent and just staying with it, there actually can be change and meaningful change where now, right, community staff are kind of queuing you up and be like, hey, we know Colleen's going to take this. We just got to hand her the baton and queue up the patients. And um, yeah. And it was like um, when I was pulled from COVID to go work in another building for a month, like even though it was time of COVID and it was, it was crazy. I was like, my building's got this. That is awesome. Again, four years, right. Um, tough environment. Obviously you have a passion for it. That comes through. Um, sounds like you're having fun. Um, maybe not so much fun the last 18 months as maybe before, but, um, what, what keeps you at MPAC? Uh, the people, you guys, honestly, um, the build, especially now with like the building changes and moving from one place to another, um, you know, it can be difficult getting the new vibe, setting yourself yep. up. Um, some buildings are better than others. Some attitudes at buildings are better than <laughs> others. Um, some buildings you can walk into and it can just crush your spirit because the energy there, nobody yeah. cares. Um, but knowing that and hearing stories of like other MPs of what, oh, what I had to go through with I thought my physician had my back. I thought, you know, and first thing I get thrown under the bus. I know that's never going to happen. Like yeah. I know MPEC has my back. I know. And if I'm, I know I never have to worry about doing something wrong because we get feedback from you guys. I love that we get feedback on our notes, on our billing, yeah. what we're doing right, what we're not doing right. So I can continue to improve that. And I'm not sitting here writing my notes wondering, Oh, I'm like, is this, is this right? Am I going to get in trouble with the state? Am I going to get in trouble with, you know, insurance and and my malpractice or whatever? I know I never have to worry about that because you guys give us so much feedback and constructive feedback, not this is all wrong. This is all horrible. (laughs) Like from like nightmare stories I hear from other MPs that I've worked with. And I just am so grateful every single time. I'm like, 
I am so happy that is not something I have to worry about. Like, I know you guys continue to like, we have you, we have you, anything you need, anything you need, you know? And if I have, I've run into doing this four years, I've run into buildings that want to just throw everything on me and it never comes back to me. Like I never have to worry about it because you get involved because my manager gets involved because you guys go through the notes that you've taught me how to write correctly. (laughs) And I never have to defend myself because you guys do it for me and you make it easy where I never have to be in a position to fear for my license or to fear for my job or my performance. Um, So that is definitely a huge thing that like, I never even think about pulling, being pulled somewhere else. And, you know, and Mm -hmm. after doing this, I've definitely had, you know, ever, and then I'm sure a lot of MPAC providers have had, Oh, come join us. Come join us. Um, (laughs) But I'm like, I'm not going to perform like I do under you because you're not going to support me like my current employment does. Yeah, uh, so that's that's what keeps me here. And obviously, appreciate your feedback. Um, makes me happy to hear that. I don't think about that very often. I just assume that right. Everybody should be doing this the same way and and looking for provider satisfaction and supporting their providers and not hanging them out to dry. And um, but I guess not everybody does that, which is crazy. No, uh, no, it's <laughs> it's really. Um, I mean, I don't want to go so far as saying it's like a, a unique one of a kind because, you know, there are some relationships sure. that we had with their doctors that work out good. Maybe I worried about it in the beginning because I was a brand new NP, but shortly afterwards, no, I'm like, I know, I know my company is there for me. Awesome. And that's well, such a huge relief. Yeah, no, that's, that's an excellent point. And, you know, obviously our goal is to, is to, to hire the very best out there, right? We got to, we got to find the Colleen monks and convince them to come <laughs> on board and then keep them here. Um, and we know that because of that, right, our providers in particular are targeted by other folks who are like, oh, I see what quality, you know, care looks like. And we know you all get hit up all the time. So um, that's it's it's important for us to continue to kind of keep the bar high to keep you all happy to, you know, not get lured away. And, and so um, appreciate you staying on the boat. and. Um, at least another four years and four years after that, four years after that, we'll be doing another one of these. (laughs) Well, I appreciate you taking the time. This was fun. Uh, It was good to see you, even if it's, you know, over zoom, but yeah, we'll get, we'll get face to face. Hopefully. soon. All right. Good seeing you, Tim. (laughs) 